January 26, 2021. Future Farmers of America ask what laws Joe broke. Since I had to reduce the facts to the high points for a kid's essay, I thought I'd post it here in case I need to use it again. The laws involving big cats in the U.S. are a hodgepodge of state laws and some federal regulations that fall under the purview of USDA and U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. In 2003, the Captive Wildlife Safety Act passed, which made it illegal to sell a big cat across state lines as a pet. We have been pressing for this law from 1998, but it takes many years to get a law through Congress. The loophole in that law was that anyone with a USDA license could have a pet tiger. And to get a USDA license is a one-page form that asks for name, address, phone number, and $35, so it wasn't a big deterrent. We have been trying since 2003 to close that loophole. Our Big Cat Public Safety Act is a bill when passed that will ban cub handling and phase out private possession of big cats. People who have them will have to register them, so we'll have a starting count, and then they can keep them but cannot buy, breed, nor obtain more big cats. The laws being broken by those you saw in Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness were several. Number one, it is illegal to sell a big cat across state lines to anyone who doesn't have a USDA license. That is a violation of both the Endangered Species Act, if the, lion, if the cat is a lion, tiger, or hybrid. It is also a violation of the Lacey Act by virtue of the Captive Wildlife Safety Act mentioned above. Several of the people you saw in the film, including Joe, did that. They would write donation on the form and take cash under the table. That is illegal. Joe's husband, John Finley, testified in court that Joe did that all the time, and others said the same thing. Number two, the Endangered Species Act makes it illegal to take an endangered species, and they define take as harass, harm, pursue, hunt, shoot, wound, kill, trap, capture, collect, or attempt to do these things. There is a permit required if you want to break that rule that requires the person to obtain a captive bred wildlife permit. If so, if Joe wanted to kill his tigers to make space for tigers that would generate more income, he would have to apply to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to get that CBW permit. But there is no way that U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service would have issued such a permit to him. He broke the law by killing the healthy tigers anyway by walking up to them and blowing their brains out. Those were the laws he broke and was convicted for, in addition to trying to hire at least two people to kill me, with the last one being an FBI agent. I believe that anyone who is taking cubs from their moms to use as pay-to-play props is also violating the Endangered Species Act because it falls under the term take when you harass, harm, capture, or collect the cubs from their moms. Imagine having your baby pulled from you at birth to be handed around as a toy. That is harassing. They can't provide mother's milk to the cubs because mother cats teach their cubs to hate people. They can't provide mother's milk to the cubs. I don't know. <laughs> I, I did not say this very well. They can't provide mother's milk to the cubs because mother cats teach their cubs to hate people. So that harms their development, resulting in metabolic bone disease and a host of other nutritional deficiencies that can kill the cats. USDA also has guidelines against allowing contact with cubs under 8 weeks or over 12 weeks, but they rarely enforce them. They claim you shouldn't have contact with any animal that hasn't been vaccinated for rabies, but there is no vaccine tested in big cats. 
even though we do vaccinate our cats against rabies using domestic cat vaccines, you start that process at six weeks, then again at eight weeks, then again at 12 weeks. So by the time a cub could be potentially safe for contact, they are too old by USDA's own guidelines to be touched because they can take a finger off a child by then. There are some landmark cases right now that PETA has won against Tri-City Zoo, Kathy Stearns of Dade City Wild Things, against Tim Stark of Wildlife in Need, and now they are pursuing Jeff Lowe from GW Zoo slash Tiger King Park on that very basis. How we would pardon Joe if he did the right thing for the animals. This is what Howie has been saying in his interviews lately. I am sure it will not surprise anyone that we were not thrilled with the prospect of Joe being pardoned and are grateful that, as far as we know, he did not receive one. If you look through the list of pardons and reasons for them, in many cases the officials who recommended the pardons pointed to behavior after conviction, either while incarcerated or not, that were good deeds that helped offset their past behavior. There are numerous examples, both within and outside exotic animal arena, where people who started their careers as part of the problem have had an awakening and become powerful advocates for solving the problem. Pat Derby, co-founder of the Amazing Paws Sanctuary in California, started out as a Hollywood animal trainer. She then wrote a book exposing the evils of the industry and devoted her life to advocacy for the animals. Rico Berry, the famous trainer of Flipper, is another example. My wife Carol, herself, started out in her first few years breeding and taking cats off-site before devoting the last 25 years to, oppose, to opposing the exploitation of big cats. Joe has told the media that after experiencing life in a cage, he has regrets and does not feel these animals should be in cages. If Joe is sincere in saying that, in my view, he has an opportunity to do something truly meaningful with the rest of his life and end up a hero. He could expose the cub petting industry and use his newfound fame to urge the public to ask Congress to pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act that went in so much of the misery caused by big cat exploitation. While ideally he should do that for the unselfish reason of stopping the abuse, selfishly it might help make the case for a pardon, or at least commutation of his sentence, someday based on legitimate grounds. At the sentencing, the trial judge pointed out that Joe showed no remorse. That was clearly true at the time. If Joe were to ask me for advice, which of course is unlikely, I would encourage him to show the judge by his future actions that this was no longer the case. If he did, at some point, I might even be one of the people who would write a letter urging for a commutation of his sentence. Howard Baskin, Advisory Board Chairman, Big Cat Rescue. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.